episode 150 of above ground podcast integrated energy healing with the 518 allison carely disclaimer the hosts of this podcast timothy patrick and will foley are by no means medical professionals however having lived experience with mental illness themselves they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis by sharing their stories they hope to create connection by creating connection they hope to help you find your purpose and through purpose we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 150 of Above Ground Podcast. Super, super excited to say this, May 22nd. It's the second upstate punk rock flea market at Empire Live in downtown Albany. That's right. It's coming back, everyone. And Above Ground Podcast will be there again with their table of resources. That's right. We'll have all our resources there at Upstate Punk Rock Flea Market, number two, May 22nd. Uh, this week's episode is a 518 episode. Uh, Allison Carley, she is an integrated energy healer. She is also a certified Reiki master teacher, and she is an emotion code practitioner. Allison was awesome enough to offer both TPP and I a free session with her. And I will say this. Um, the emotion code and her Reiki was incredible. Um, I was very skeptical because it was all done uh, via Zoom. And I was a little bit skeptical because I always figured that energy healing or what I've known of energy healing being acupuncture and stuff that, that really works is stuff that usually you do in person. So I was, I was skeptical. I did some research about what the emotion code was, and she'll get into that in the interview. And by the time I had gotten to my session, she could feel my energy palpitating through the screen. And she said that to me. And I was so not only incredibly excited, but it was one of the best experiences I've ever had as far as any sort of modality goes. I, I've experienced deprivation tanks and stuff and not quite felt, you know, what what a lot of people talk about in deprivation tanks, which, you know, is one thing. But the Reiki and the emotion code, uh, she went through the emotion code with me and it was it was just awesome. It was just a really, really cool thing. And she was just super cool enough to say, hey, you know, if you're going to have me on your show, I want you to know what it's about. And let me tell you, it's, it's the real deal. But I will say this, with any energy work, okay, you have to be energetically available, okay? And I say that because a lot of people will say, ah, it's bullshit. It's not bullshit, but you have to have a certain frame of mind when you go into an energy healing, because a lot of people, you know, they don't, you know, if it's not, if it's not there, if they can't, they can't quite grasp, grasp what it is, it isn't real, right? 
as we know. Like, you know, we look at mental illness that way, you know, just because that guy looks fine. Oh, he's got a little anxiety. But you know how that goes. It is real. And the energy work and the Reiki, her Reiki was was spot on. And it, it, like, and that was my first ever Reiki experience. I have not had a Reiki experience up until then. And I, I will say thank you, Allison, uh, both Tim and I. Thank you so much for being on the show. But thank you for your service. And thank you for the service that you offered us because it was eye-opening. It was very eye-opening. And, and you get to hear about what she does. So if, if you want to check her out, though, you can go to allisoncarely.com. So without further ado, 150, Allison Carely. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above ground podcast because you can't serve below. What is up, TPP? Good Sunday morning, brother. How are we doing this week, man? We're doing okay. How are you doing? You know, I think we're managing the dailies pretty well so far, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> put up a front like we have our shit together. Yeah, exactly. Because fake it till you make it, right? Isn't that the old adage? If, uh, I'd like I'd rather say, you know, do do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, you do better. All right. There we go. I like that. I like that. So we are on Zoom this morning again, and we have an awesome guest with us this morning. And it is a 518 guest. That's right. Local. So if you're listening on Nipper Town or you're seeing us around the area, please. This she is located right in Boston Lake. And we are joined this morning by Allison Carley, who is an integrative energy healer and coach, and she is located in Boston Lake. So Allison, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So grateful to be here. Absolutely. We're grateful to have you. And uh, we so do not take for granted the fact that people take time out of their busy days to do this. And it's, it's awesome. And thank you for sharing your time with us. Allison, can you tell us about your practice and what integrative energy healing and coaching entails and what you do? Sure, definitely. Um, I, um, for, I'm a Reiki master teacher and I'll kind of get into each one of the modalities a little bit and then an emotion code practitioner. So that's where the integrative comes with. I have two different modalities that I use in the sessions with my with my um, clients. And so I mainly work with women, um, helping them feel better overall and um, have better, healthier, not even better, just healthier relationships and start doing, making changes to do work that they love. It could be a career change or just kind of standing in their power a little bit more at work. So that's what I do, but what I use are those two modalities. So Reiki is a um, Japanese tech, um, relaxation technique that allows your mind and body to relax, um, and realign naturally. And it's really great modality to, um, deliver like a energetic balance, um, which initiates healing and transformation. It's where I began my, um, healing journey. Um, well, it really started before that, but modality wise, that's where I, um, started. And then I brought in emotion code a few years later and emotion code was created by Bradley Nelson. He's a chiropractor. Um, and after 20 years of holistic, being a holistic chiropractor and teacher, he, um, wrote a book about the emotion code. It was something that he discovered while doing his, um, his own 
uh, uh, meaning it with his own clients. So the emotion code is, it's amazing. I love it. It is an energy healing technique that works by releasing and getting rid of literally emotional baggage. So if you think of, um, everything's energy. So if you think of an emotion as this ball of energy and it gets trapped, if you don't process it, it gets trapped in your body and it can end up affecting you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And it's said that about 90% of people's physical discomfort is actually due to emotional baggage. So I work with my clients to release those emotions. Um, and I, we can talk, I, I won't keep going, but like to release the emotions in whatever area that we're, we're talking about. And what's beautiful about the whole thing is that it goes where it needs to go. Meaning somebody may come in for a session about one specific area and we may work in that area, but often it brings up a lot of other things and we get to just work on this, this beautiful unfolding and healing process for them. So that's the gist of what I do, but love to. Yeah, that's, that's great. And (laughs) and if you actually look up, um, the definition of emotions, it's energy in motion. So it kind of fits with, you know, the, the code, I guess you could say. Yeah. I can speak from experience that I think a lot of my issues are because I have a lot of trapped emotions that have not been properly processed as most of us do. I'm, I'm curious. I do have to ask you, is it, is there a reason why is, or did this happen organically that you mostly work with women? Yes. <laughs> Okay. It, is. All right. it just happened to be that that's who I do work with some men, but the okay. majority, like probably 90, 90 to 95% of the people are um, women in, in general, what I have found that's even in the Reiki practice. When I first really first started, that's who you see come in. I, women tend to be a little bit more open to the whole area. Cause it's not- yeah. Come on. Well, we don't want to talk about emotions and healing and stuff. Come on. Sorry, sorry dude. I do. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm being sarcastic. That's what we do here at above ground right. podcast. Right. And that's why I love, and that's why so about this podcast and coming on, because I love that. That's what you guys are about because more and more men are becoming open to it and you just, you're the perfect examples of doing it. Right. And that's what I feel like with, when I do my work is I just do what I can do. And I just to be an example. And if I help, if I'm helping people by actually helping them in a session, or they're just watching me and then they're making changes, that's the beauty of it, of of it all. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to ask this because this will set up the basis. You obviously had experience coming into this that led you on this path and on your walk. Can you give us a Reader's Digest version or whatever you want to share about your own personal walk to find yourself and find yourself wow. becoming a healing practitioner? Yeah. I was like, how much time do we have? No. Um, so <laughs> We got an hour. <laughs> No, um, I, it really starts with my prior life, which was in the corporate world, my work, I worked in the corporate world for 15 years. And the short version of it is I was driving back to, I was living in Boston at the Boston area at the time, driving back. And I was overworked, (laughs) like super stressed out all the time, overweight, like the whole thing. And I was driving back from visiting my parents. I was driving back to my apartment and took the rural route. So just a calmer drive. And I just had this kind of 
something that just came over me and I knew it was time to just leave my job. And if you knew me back then, there was no way in the world I would leave my six figure paying job without knowing what I was going to go to do. But that's what I ended up doing. I don't necessarily recommend that for everybody, but I knew that that's what I needed to do for me because I needed to get away from, I, if I had stayed, I probably would have never left. Um, and at the time I was seeing um, an intuitive coach. So that was the beginning of it. So I was already doing some work with her and then I had that experience and then it kind of unfolded that I eventually stopped working. It took like a six month process, but I ended up stopped working, moved back to the um, capital district and then um, did get another sign of semi-corporate job for about 10 months and then ended up working for a medium. And that's where it all really began. So I went out on my own and did some consulting work with marketing because that was what my background it was in. And I worked for a medium and I was his assistant for two, three years. Um, and that's where I was introduced to, and I met him through going to meditations that he did. Um, and so that's kind of where it all unfolded. And then from there, I was, I, um, actually before I worked for him is when I learned Reiki. Um, and I always do sessions of my own. That's the other thing. So I'll never do a modality without receiving that modality. So I was receiving Reiki and then I did the training and then I became, was the assistant for the medium. And then it kind of all unfolded from there. And then I went out on my own, had my own um, practice, uh, Reiki practice for a while. And then it was time. I read The Emotion Code as a book. So um, Bradley Nelson has a book, The Emotion Code. And you can learn how to do, you can read the book and learn how to do it yourself. Um, and then, so I did all that. I saw an Emotion Code practitioner and then I got the training. And then here we are, like they added it into my, repertoire. And, um, so that's kind of my, my, that is how it all began. But I would say is like, I'm always working on myself and having energy sessions. And I go to therapy. I've been seeing a therapist for many years. It's one of the best things. And I, I say to my clients that it really works well together to have, to see, to see someone for counseling and to receive the energy healing, because I feel like things move along faster because you also are working with somebody else, a professional counselor who helps you process things that sometimes do come up during the sessions. You know, there, <clears throat> we talk about how important this stuff is and, and how real and scientific all this stuff is. But, you know, when, when someone has a, a career, you know, that they've invested 15 years of their life in, and they made, you know, a, a great salary to give that up for their own health is, it's not only proof, but it's just, it's proof of strength and just how important that this, that wellness is to, to our survival. Yeah. I've been, I've been now able to, for a couple of years, I was just focusing on the energy healing practice. Um, and then I was asked to come back in and do some consulting work for my prior firm. And I have been, so I've been able to do both, which has allowed me to show basically, I think for me, I believe it's an experience of where I'm able to then help people be able to do stay in their career if they really do enjoy the work that they do, but also, you know, do some healing and, and live a healthier life or lifestyle. So um, I'm now able to kind of have both and do that balance um, when I need, you know, when I choose to do one of their projects if, if needed. So um, yeah, I do, I do believe that it's meant, it was meant for me, but it's not meant for everybody to just 
leave. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I just I just wanted to make a, a point because there's so many people that think that, you know, you know, their quote success and you know, we have to grind to to make oh, yeah. you know a six-figure salary that that will make you happy. And there's actually um I took a course actually uh the I think it was the science of happiness or science of well-being. Mm-hmm. And, and there was actual studies that showed once you make a certain amount of money, anything over that does not affect your happiness one mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just an interesting tid. Yeah. It's just an interesting tidbit, you know, and it's, and it's also what you said, it's balance, it's perception, it's our thoughts. It's so much more than, than what, um, you know, we as a mass society believe it is to be. And that's what I was just thinking is the, the struggle sometimes for people is what are other people thinking? Right. So sure. to, I, I 100% know that I have family members who thought I was crazy because like, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't know what you're going to do. They supported me will always support me, whatever I do is if it makes me happy, then that's right in the end. But like to not, to not be able to, um, you know, have that black and white, like people that are more black and white, it's very hard to kind of, um, process that. Yeah. I think that's part of the, the indoctrination that we all go through, right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's you, you study hard, you go to university, you get married and you get a house and like, yeah, that's how in that order or whatever. And that's how you have to, that's your life. That's what you're living. I'm like, I studied, I went to university. (laughs) I, I got the job. I left. I'm not married. I don't have kids, you know, like, so I, I have the right. all that I'm, I'm already used to not being fitting the form a little bit. So, <laughs> well, yeah. you're in the right, well, you're in the right spot for that, but it's amazing what happens when we say yes to what the universe puts in front of us. How, when did, was it just being tired of being sick and tired that made you say yes? Or what, like, do you remember just that just that moment when you were in your car, was it a particular song? Was it a, was it a particular, like just you looking out the window at the right time? It was, it was me. I will never forget the moment. Cause I was just driving on route two in Massachusetts and it's, it's very scenic and it was beautiful trees. And I just remember, I just had this feeling coming over me that I just knew, I just knew that it was time to quit my job. Just knew it. And until you, it's hard to understand that feeling until you've experienced that. But I, um, but I will never forget that moment. And just, it was trees, me looking, driving, looking out the window. And it was like, so that to me, it was the universe communicating with me. Again, I say universe, I I use all different terms depending on who I'm speaking to and what they're comfortable with. But so I often will say universe, um, just speaking to me. And at that time, because I, I had no distractions, right? So there was nothing cluttering my mind at the time for me to listen. I have a question on, on getting back to the, the emotional code and, you know, just, you had mentioned um, emotional baggage and unpacking and why do you feel that there is so much emotional baggage and, uh, and, and kind of in part, why are there so many people not either recognizing or not unpacking that emotional baggage? Yeah, so I would say that what I've discovered when working with my clients is that we are trapping emotions, I think, all the time on things that we don't even realize that we're we're doing it. Um, So it could be 
including uh, happy emotions. So when we do the emotion code, there's, I think it's 56 emotions. And um, one of those is overjoy. And overjoy basically encompasses all happy emotions or positive emotions. Um, so I will always use the example of think of like a toddler when they get really excited, they like contract, right? And that's them. So I feel like that's them holding in that emotion because um, overjoy will come up a bunch for people. And I just think that part of it is that we're not really taught how to deal with our emotions and that our emotions are okay. And I think, especially for probably our generation and older, especially that is part of the, the, um, the issue, if we want to call it an issue. So, uh, that's where I think a lot of it is. And we're coming into a time where it's becoming okay. <laughs> I'd have with my air quotes to feel your emotions, but I still think we have some work to do there. And that's why I, love working with the people that I work with and speaking about it. So I'm so again, grateful to be here to speak about it because it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have your emotions, no matter what they are and to allow them to like process through you. So just acknowledging that you're feeling something in that moment, even if you don't know what that emotion is, is like the first step, right? So that will help you in not having that, um, we're all about tips and tools here. So I, I want to just kind of throw another um, angle out to this because mm -hmm. something that, you know, one thing that you said um, was said to me probably five years ago. And really it's so simple and it's stuck. It's just that we have emotions for a reason and it's okay to feel them. Right. So what I'm learning now too, is also not to, have not to look at emotions as positive or negative, just to look at Correct. them as, as, as emotions. They're just indicators because sometimes, right, exactly. So for me, that's helped me a lot. And I just wanted to say like, you know, that's an option for people is to not necessarily put them in categories that they're positive and negative, just that they're emotions. And, and sometimes what we're feeling isn't necessarily factual. You know, it's a thought within the feeling, what we're feeling. Yeah. But like, if I'm scared, it, it may not be because there's a, a tiger in my kitchen. It's just whatever we're feeling, it, you know, we're feeling that emotion, but it's not necessarily, you know, what is happening, I guess. So um, I believe it's in Michael Singer's untethered soul. And he says, you are not your emotion. <laughs> yes. Right. You, yes. you, so it's not, I am, I am sad. I'm feeling sad. And yes. if you can change just that wording, it changes so much inside of you. So when I read that, I was like, <laughs> I, I, it just changed a huge, it changed us so much in, in just changing that wording to I'm feeling instead of I am right. We talk about so, that book a lot. And I think exactly what you're saying is, is the wording and how, you know, when we talk about this stuff, I always say that um, I live with mental illness. You know, I don't have mental illness. I don't struggle with mental illness. I live with mental illness. And just that, you know, just that way of, of, of getting it out there, just that way of talking about it is, is helpful to, on so many levels, you know, repeating it in your brain because you're repeating it. So your brain's listening. Right. And, and that's what it's, it's, it's hearing. So it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe I am. Okay. And, and if you're saying something mm -hmm. along that's more on the negative side of things, like, oh, I'm suffering, and you use those words, your brain is picking up on that too. So it's like, oh, maybe he wants to suffer. Maybe she wants to be in pain. Okay. 
So well, let's let's throw that in there too. So on all levels, I think that you know just any kind of um, you know self self talk, you know self talk, uh, self dialogue, any any of that stuff is just so huge in this. Mm-hmm. It's huge because what you your words are energy. So whatever you're right. putting out there, right? Uh, and I'm I, I believe you. I've heard you guys actually say that before. But so like whatever you put out there, that's what the universe is, is listening to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, out of curiosity, what do you think, is there a base emotion that we, a negative base, neg, base negative emotion that we feel the most? Is it fear? Is everything fear? Is fear an emotion or is fear a cluster of emotions? So, um, in the emotion code, I'm showing you guys, there's a, this is a chart. This is what we use to identify fear is it's a singular emotion. This just sums up like a club, you know, a cluster of emotions. You never, otherwise this chart would be forever long, but, um, I have found, honestly, it depends on the person, um, and where they are and what we're working on. I don't, I can't say that I have found one emotion that across the board is a singular one that everybody has. I have found, I found it experienced this actually when we were all in lockdown for, uh, for COVID for that spring, spring of 2020, there was a time where in this emotion just uh, kept coming up and I'm trying to remember what it was at the time, but it kept coming up for everybody. Um, and it, it wouldn't think it was related to, um, to, uh, COVID, but it just was one, this singular emotion that kept coming up. And I think that's something to do with that, just enter, just the collective in general. And it's coming through, like, I'm seeing it with my clients that I'm seeing um, throughout the weeks, but I believe there's a collective healing that we're doing when we're working with people um, one-on-one. So I can't say that there's one. Um, I think that abandonment comes up a lot for people and, um, Overjoy does come up again because that's the one on the whole list. That's the one positive emotion. And then things like uh, low self-esteem, helplessness, hopelessness, those often will come up as well. Um, and vulnerability, that's another big one. So vulnerability, ab- abandonment comes up a lot. And abandonment comes up in, it doesn't necessarily mean because a parent left them or you know something like that. It comes in up in many different ways. But vulnerability is huge. Again, do you find that in your practice that a lot of abandonment is self-abandonment? Oh, that's a good one. Um, No, I actually don't think that's come up self-abandonment, but that's a very interesting one. So now I'm going to have to be aware of that in my sessions going forward. I find that it first gets stuck when they're younger Um, What I didn't explain about the emotion code is when we do the sessions, we not only identify what the emotion is, but the age it was trapped at. So you can figure out what age it was trapped at. Amazing. Wow. That's, that's crazy because I, I, I've, I've expressed this to Timmy and I've said this on the show before that there was, when I was about nine years old and it was in December, I had looked out my front room window and I had already experienced a whole lot of stuff by then. And I felt this thud off my chest when I looked out into the cold, dark night. 
And it was like four thirty, five o'clock. I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday and I can still feel it. It was like literally something thudded me off the chest, but I didn't know it at the time what it was, but it was, it was this, it was this deep rooted sadness that had rooted itself in all of my being. And I, it's taken me years to figure out what it is, but I still haven't worked it all out yet. Mm-hmm. And How, that's what can, will happen. Sorry, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that that's what will happen is I'll find it. Uh, I'll figure out what the trapped emotion is, what the age is. And sometimes it'll bring up the moment for the person. They may know what it's about. And sometimes they don't, and you don't need to know in order to release it, but, but sometimes they do. Um, so yeah. Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, yeah. That was my question. Like, how do you go about finding like an age and then, and then do you have to not only find it and identify it to, to, to heal it, you know? So you don't, that's the beauty of it. Interesting. You don't, yeah. You just, we use the chart to identify it. Then I know the person's age. So I kind of do groupings to figure out is it before, and then we get to the exact age and then I do, I release it. And so by releasing it, there's this magnet that we use. We actually just goes down your main, your main meridian. And then you just do that a few times. And then it, I just make sure it's released and we move on to the next emotion. Um, But just to go back quickly about the abandonment and the, I find that people find the abandonment at a younger age, often when like they're, they go off to like the first time that they're parent leaves them just to go like to go grocery shopping or to go that it starts that young um, or can start that young. Uh, And which just made me think of something else is the more and more we trapped an emotion, I have found that that's the emotion that's the strongest. So the more and more I'll use anger because that's the one that people can really. So the more and more you trap emotion, uh, anger, the emotion of anger, the more easily you can be angered makes sense right so So is that is is that like kind of uh subconsciously like that's the first one that pops out because it's so prevalent i guess i i believe so just from my experience and just from my own personal experience not necessarily with anger but with other emotions right and and just like with when we get used to certain behaviors let's say by a partner or something like that right and then they do something and you automatically jump to like that's they say or do, and you automatically, your automatic response, it's kind of the same in the way, the same thing is the more and more that builds up, it's your automatic response, right? It be, ends up becoming just part of you. So working with people to release that you can have major, major shifts. I mean, I, I, I worked with somebody for months before I started to do the training. I still see her every, every few months to have, um, emotions release. I can do them on myself, but I also like to have, you know, this is good to have the conversation with somebody. I have another energy healer that I receive, um, gemstone energy medicine healings from her. So, um, you know, I just went off topic, but just, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no such thing as going off topic here. Cause, it, <laughs> cause again, as we found that this is, this is all related and everything is, everything is connected we're connected just like we're, or we're more disconnected to ourselves than we are everything else. Um, is there, is there a particular tool that 
you can sort of tell our listeners about where they could actually maybe for themselves figure out as such as like a body scan or something that they could do to actually see if, if which emotions may come up for them. Is this something that, that you can express to people like, or is it just an openness to say, okay, I don't feel good. Everything else doesn't seem to be working. So I need to try something else. I feel like it's the latter. I don't know. I mean, I will say this. It makes me want to just explain one. When I want to say the more you are, um, if you could do a body scan and kind of know what emotion is, and you could probably Google online and look for a list of emotions or, um, I'm trying to remember his website, but, um, the, the motion code website, if you can find the, I believe you can see the list of emotions there. So you could do a body scan and kind of sit with yourself, but with somebody who's new, that might be hard, which made me think about how, when I was, I was thinking about this earlier this morning, when I was getting ready about meditation and how my meditation, you know, eight years ago is so different than my meditation now, but it, in the sense that it was much uh, stronger and deeper, lo- I'm sorry, longer and deeper, but it made me um, understand my own energy and, and what it felt like to be in my own skin kind of. So once I think you have that, then you're more able to do a scan and know where, where you're at. But I also think not knowing where you're at is kind of a key and a clue to, to reach out. Um, and whether there's so many different, right. It does, it doesn't have to be an emotion code practitioner or Reiki practitioner. It could be a counselor. It could be peers. It, it, there's so many different, um, people to see it's whatever resonates and whomever resonates to you. So, and I say more than one at a time is okay. Right. I, I, I really believe in, um, I'll say this over and over seeing a counselor, a therapist and receiving energy healing or learning, um, yoga or Qigong, or there's so many different things that you could do that, um, for your energy that the two together are kind of magical. And I'll say thinking magical makes me think of, I always say like, I don't have a magic wand. Like I can't just, I can release the emotions, but on the other end, you also have to be ready to do the work that comes along with it. Right. So, because in these sessions, things will come up, changes have to be made, whether it's in conversations that you need to have with people, or sometimes it's just journaling about something and sitting with your younger self and giving, saying, writing down or saying out loud the things that they need to hear from a parent that just wasn't able to ever say it to them. So those are the types of things that will come up. Usually that stuff comes up with clients who have been with me for a while, but really wanting to do the work and feel better. And it, and if you just take the first step, like it, everything just kind of unfolds from there and it's beautiful. I think, uh, I always say, I agree with what you were saying about, you know, it's not just the one thing. And I always say it, it's never one thing that gets us here and it's never one thing that's going to get us out. So yeah. the more and that, and that's, and I think that's kind of the basis why we do this is to put to, to, uh, you know, make people aware that there's different tools out there. So 
all these kind of tools, whether it be energy and Reiki and or, or, or psychotherapy or even medication, whatever it is that you can try to use for you um, mm-hmm. to improve or to you know improve your situation, then obviously do that for sure. You know, I, I think it's I, I think that's part of the whole thing. It's a, this is a it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? It, it goes from from what you're eating, what you're what you're consuming in general, you know, whether it be social media, news, you know, the people that you um, associate with, how you you view your own thoughts. And if you, if you even think about your own thoughts and, and how you're mindful throughout a day and what kind of gratitude can you practice, all that mm-hmm. stuff is it just plays a huge role. And all, it of it, it, you know, how do you, how do you, as you know, I guess a practitioner, if that's the correct word, mm-hmm. um, how you said you can release yourself, you can release these emotions on yourself. Like what kind of self-care practices do you, um, partake in? So I am, I do, I'm a meditator. Um, it, it changes for me how often, how often, meaning how, or how long I, I meditate for journaling comes in and out for me as well. Um, but I do find that writing things down as was said earlier is a huge, it makes you just so much aware of your actual thoughts to what's really going on and getting it out, just getting it out is that's releasing it. So if you're talking about how to release emotions, just getting those thoughts out, like that part is part of it. Cause the more I always, I will ask somebody, what's the one thing that keeps repeating in your mind? Because whatever that is, is what needs to go, what needs to go. Cause there's sometimes there's those thoughts and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And that's what needs to go out. So meditation, um, it looks different for me every day, uh, but meditation and journaling, um, when it's nice out and <laughs> not too, too below walking, um, if I, I receive energy healing every couple of weeks from another week, from another practitioner, we swap, um, getting massages, um, seeing my therapist. So all of those things, and I will say eating healthy though, lately that's, you know, with the holidays and all, but I getting myself in a state where, um, I can help others. Right. So if I'm not in the place where I need to be, I I won't be of service to, to my clients and and to others. So it's an ever, it's a process. It's a never ending process. There's that mask (laughs) that comes down on that airplane. Yeah. 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 And and it's a never ending process and it's, and I'm, and that's okay. Um, And some days I'm not even going to say better. Some days look, are different than others. And then if I, if I wasn't able to do it that day, then the next day I just, you know, do what I, what I feel, um, I need to do. And that's the other thing that's changed over for me is it's I've learned from different people that I take trainings from or mentors. And I try to listen to my body. What is it that my body needs today? And so that could be when we we're just talking about the self-care, we're talking about food, sleep, you know, uh, water, my body always needs water, but, um, it's, what do I need today? Um, and it, that might be a question I ask throughout the day. So it's, what do I need right now? Uh, depending on the day. So, 
That sounds like a good place to start is to ask yourself, what do I need today? I, yeah. and I, we said this and I think that a lot of our issues stem from the fact that we don't ask better questions, but I think we also are afraid of the answer sometimes. And it's hard to ask better questions when we don't necessarily want to heal what's being brought to us because it's comfortable and because you know it and it's the t-shirt that you've been wearing for you know 20 oh, years it's so cuddly and just so cuddly um <laughs> i i actually want to ask you about your first experience with energy healing do you remember what it was like to have your first energy experience when you went and after post coming back off route two. And I know the route you're talking about because I've traveled it a lot myself and mm -hmm. it's, it's a beautiful drive and it can prompt all kinds of, all kinds of beautiful thoughts or non-beautiful thoughts. If, if you're stuck in that rumination, mm -hmm. do you remember your first energy healing experience? My first energy healing session was actually when I was living in Massachusetts and I do remember it. And at first you're like, what in the world is happening? Right. You just don't know what to, you don't know what to expect. Cause if it's the first one, you, you just don't know what to expect. Um, and for, it was Reiki. And so that was a hands-on, hands-on session. So you just gently, the person will just gently place start. And that's how, when I, when I was practicing it, um, before, um, COVID, before the spring of 2020, I, um, did hands-on Reiki and, there's all these different sensations that you will feel, or if the pain, like pain was released, or I had felt some tingling. Um, I don't remember it exactly, but I remember feeling those sensations and, uh, yeah. And being very relaxed. I always felt very relaxed. Um, and I'm trying to remember here. I remember more vividly my first Reiki session when I was back here. And that was very, very, um, relaxing. And I remember her placing her hands over my head and just being almost, I probably, I think I fell asleep in that session just because I was just so, so relaxed. And that does happen. And people, um, and this doesn't happen for everybody, but sometimes loved ones come through that happens, a, especially if you're in, um, and depending on the practitioner, but if you're, uh, I've had that happen in sessions before too, um, that I've received, not that I've given, but yeah. Well, as you're with your experience of, of not only being a practitioner, but being a consumer of it also. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't necessarily want to use that word. I just, unfortunately couldn't figure out a better word to use at the no, time. Do you remember, do you remember your first session with your first client and what was that like if you can if you can share any of that if you remember that or or do they or have they just com compounded more and more and you remember certain like experiences or energies that were like released and I remember uh, the one that just popped in was actually when I was doing <clears throat> a training. I, I, I uh, do as a Reiki master teacher, I teach Reiki. And I remember it was a one one on one training. And I was just kind of showing her how to place hands. And all of a sudden, she just started to, to cry. Just tears just started. She didn't wasn't didn't expect it. 
And it was just, a re- it was a release. I had put my hand above on her chest, above, you know, below her throat, above um, center chest. And, uh, and I believe on her back, and it was just a, pr- a place where you could, I was just showing her where you could do it. And then it was just this release. And it was just um, all, all this big release for her, all the emotions. And th- that can happen. It, it all depends on, again, and this is when I was doing Reiki in person or when I do my sessions now, um, virtually via zoom it all every day and every per every session looks different depending on what the person is coming in with. Um, and, and that can change week to week on that per with that person. So, um, she just needed that at that time. And it was, it was beautiful. It was an, it was actually a very beautiful experience. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's any others, sometimes I'll get, um, images, kind of come through. And I remember, um, I'll, I'll see them as a reference for me. And then I'll just ask the uh, client if if it's after the session, if something makes sense for them. And for this person, it was, I saw flowers. I actually saw an image of my parents wedding with the flower girls flowers. And I said that to her and she, it made sense for her too. So it's just really, and sometimes that's what they, they need validation for other things for other things, not just the healing that they're experiencing when we're talking about, um, uh, that, that like something like that with the, um, that, that Reiki session, but things like that will happen sometimes in my, um, you know, my sessions now via zoom where I'll just get intuitive in hits. I call them hits, but intuitive insights. And that's what really guides me through the sessions is I just feel called to ask a question, which then will bring up a topic that we then move forward with, or it'll bring up a moment for them to remember. And then that opens up the door for more healing. When you have a, a, a situation when, you know, someone releases in that way, is there something that um, in your opinion, should, should they do? Like, do you need to pause at that moment? Do, do you need to kind of work further into that? Um, whatever, you know, place that may have come from. So I think it's different each time, but in that instance, we just needed to acknowledge what was, what had had just happened. We didn't need to work through it anymore, but we just need to acknowledge what had happened. Um, we talked about it and then, um, moved on to whatever, what was next. And the same thing will happen in my sessions. Now there might be a moment and it may, it, it may mean something that we need to work on further, but just kind of holding, I just hold space for them to process whatever has come up. Huh. I got to say that, that uh, I've talked to different people with about the energy and Reiki before. And, and that's like the most um, clarification I've ever received. Like, I think okay. that, you know, just, but like looking in and, and, and it's, it's, it's like a validation process almost. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I guess I was, I, I guess I was a little bit misinformed before. So that's a really cool explanation. I think it's so different for, from practitioner to practitioner. And that is that's fair. In, in any modality, because we're all coming in with our own experiences, right. And whomever we learned from, even though there's this base, what we learn, right. Everybody, every teacher adds adds to that, um, and has their own beliefs that are added to that. So, um, 
I would, I would say that that's, especially with Reiki, you'll find everybody has a little bit different way of explaining it and doing it. Um, but I had a couple teachers that were pretty stuck to stuck to what the training was. Um, and intuition was added to that one because he was a medium and the other one, um, she just had very strong intuition. So that was always part of her training. But I think part of it for me is just, that's what people need is validation, right? A, a lot of that, that, what they're feeling that they're not, I hate to use this word crazy, like what they're feeling is what they're feeling or what their experience is, is what their experience is. Again, not every, it doesn't necessarily always mean it's the truth, but it is what they're, it, it is what they're feeling. So I, I often say, you know, there's two sides to a story and the truth is somewhere in between. Like that happens with, um, just with the emotions. A lot of it comes up from how we interpret when we're young kids, how we interpret how something is happening, which we just don't have enough to really truly maybe process something the, the right way. Cause we're young. And then that just carries over year after year, after year, after year. One of my favorite, I mean, I love all my clients, but one of my favorite ones to work with is she started, I think she was 24 when she started with me. She's been with me for a couple of years now. She's 24. I love it because she's 24. The rest of them are probably like in their 40s, 50s, 60s or older, right? 40s and older. And so to work with somebody who's younger like that is awesome because that just opens up her, the door for her life to be, I want to say freer, right? Like she doesn't have all this additional 20 years of baggage when she comes to see me at 46 she came, or even 44, you know, she came to me at 24. So, um, it's, I love it. So I love the young people, be, younger people, because I, I love helping everybody, but I love helping younger people because, you know, it's less, less that they have to it. carry along, okay, carry along in their journey. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It makes, makes perfect sense. And I think, uh, for me, my head always goes to that because I, it, I, these are things that I wish I learned at that age, you know? So hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It, it goes to show that we know that it's all about the stories that we tell ourselves that cause a lot of our issues. And I'm curious to know, do you think at like, I'm going to be 50 soon. And do you think it's possible for us to actually unpack everything before we, before we're able to not unpack it? or before we're mm. unable to pack it, is it possible to unpack everything or does it stem to, or, and, and maybe this is a two-part question, or does it, and do, does a lot of our issues stem to one specific thing? And then we just kind of add that into the same basket all the time. I think everybody thinks it's to one specific thing, but I don't actually think it's to one specific thing. Okay. It may, and one specific thing may be the cause of everything else to ripple so I'm just going to use a parent, right? Like some, an issue with a parent or a parent that wasn't in your life or what, right. And everything's because of that, but it's really not, but that's what, that's what, where you, where that person may um, be, just be stuck on really. Um, and I think that, can we unpack everything? I think we can unpack 
a significant amount of, if you really are doing the work, I think we can unpack a significant amount of what we're holding on to just in the past, trying to think how long I've been back, like eight years. Um, you know, I have made some great changes in my life and I still have a lot more to do. Um, but I think that you can unpack, I can't say every, I don't know. I can't don't know that I can say everything because I really don't know, but a significant amount of it, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack in there and right there. <laughs> just trying and, and to figure it, out, and, figuring and out where to start. Couple, right. And it, I mean, there's so much that comes up during sessions. It made me think of a couple other things, which we could be, we could talk forever about, but like during set, when we identify emotions, we can also identify inherited emotions. So on conception at conception, you can inherit emotions that were trapped either by your parents or your ancestors. And so we can also, this gets a little woo for people, but we can also identify like how many generations back and release those emotions. And when we release the emotion, you're also releasing it from any generation that it was affecting. So including people who have passed. So it's like, cause there's, there's their energy, they're a soul. So it's, it's, um, it's, I always say to people, when we're releasing an inherited emotion, we're not just healing you, we're healing all of everybody in that line that that affected. Um, wow. I, that's, that's incredible. It's, it's so, it's so wonderful when it comes up because, and they, to some of my clients, it, they, they won't know what that's related to, but with others, I remember receiving, getting one for, for myself. And I can't remember what the emotion was, but I was like spot on. And, and I can, I can figure out what generation it's on, what I'm sorry, which side. So let's say, um, for me, it was my mother's mother's side. And then, and that's what happened with this one emotion. It was, I was told it was my mother's mother's side going back so many generations. And I was like, spot on, that makes sense. But that's, that's that emotion for that group of women, you know? So, um, yeah, it's actually very fascinating. Wow. That it's, that is, cause I, I think about my family generational stuff and things, and then you think about society as a whole and what we know about generational trauma and how these mm-hmm. things carry over. Right. Is it, is it possible for everybody to access it, to access this type of thing? Because I know that sometimes a lot of people think that some of these modalities are out of reach because they can't afford it or anything. So Mm -hmm. is it possible for someone who can't necessarily pay for a session to receive some of the benefit of doing the work themselves, such as reading the emotion code? The cheapest way is going to be to get the book. And, and, do, and do it yourself. And you don't need, like I have a fancy magnet that I was showing you guys, but you don't need, you could use a refrigerator magnet. You don't need, you know, to spend a lot of money to do it and to do it yourself. And you will see changes. Cause when, before I did the training, before I had sessions, I did try it on myself and you can definitely um, see, see things. And I, when you first start out, I always recommend to do it on aches and pains because that's where you'll feel it the most. When it, we're talking about emotions, it's harder to kind of gauge that, I think. But when you do it on physical pain, and that's what I did when I, during my trainings, I 
mainly did on physical pain or anxiety is a big one because that one you also is you, you feel you tend to have, um, physical things that you feel. So, um, that's what I would recommend is start when you're, if you're reading the book and doing it on yourself, start with the physical pain, but then work on the other areas that you want to work on. I think that just reading about it, I always recommend for people to try things on, on themselves that like this, where you can even Reiki, you can, um, you could take a one, like just one training, or you can read about it and you could put your hands on yourself. Everybody has it within them to do all of this. It's just kind of, um, believing and, and learning and then doing. So even with Reiki, you, there's all the things called like healing touch and just placing your hands on where you have a, again, a, to start with aches and pains. Um, or when you're meditating, just put your hands over your heart, things like that, just to add to it. I feel like, um, that that may not be technically would not be true Reiki because there are symbols that go along with and things like that. But I just feel like doing things like that can help somebody who may not be able to access, um, the services, um, as easily. Is this a, is it a modality that can be done in a group setting also? Is it possible to do such a, such an energy work in a group setting like this? Well, the Reiki, yes. Um, the emotion code, it's an interesting question. And it's a thing that I thought about. I was like, how can I bring a group of people together to do it? And everybody has their own, um, own situation. So I'm not really sure how you could release emotions for the group, unless you just asked, um, for the greatest good of the group and then release emotions. Um, just like you could do healing for the, a collect for the collective and really like do like a Reiki or energy healing, um, and send it out to the world if you wanted to, or to a group of people, the emotion code, I've never, I've never done that. So I can't really hundred percent speak to it, but it is something I've actually been thinking about. I was like, how do I, how do I bring that into a, a, a group setting? Um, it's a great question. I'll have to let you know. <laughs> ah, that'd be awesome. Be awesome to hear about it. I would love to be able to experience <laughs> that. So you do the, you do the emotional code, uh, uh, like individually though, right? Correct. So my, my sessions, um, are include both Reiki and emotion code and they're done via zoom and both can be done remotely, like distance healing. They're called, it's considered distance healing because the person's not physically in the same space as you. Um, and one on just one, on, if there was only one of you on the, and on the zoom, it would just be like what we're do, having this conversation now, but we'd be releasing emotions and yeah. That's how it works. So what can you tell our listeners how to get a hold of you if they're interested in doing these types of things with you? Yep. I have a website um, and it's alisoncaroly.com. So it's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-K-A-R-O-L-Y.com. And then my Instagram is probably the best. I have a Facebook page um, too, but my Instagram is at alisoncaroly energy healing. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning to be with us. And thank you so much for having me. It's 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 so amazing that not only are we able to to take part in these conversations, but we're able to to spread the energy out there. And I think that by having these conversations, we're adding to the collective better energy and more positive energy. And that's what 
I really find gratifying for myself because there's a little bit of a little bit of self indulgence when we first started because we wanted to heal ourselves. And it's, and it's crazy that that's what happens. We, we come to a point in our lives where we're like, okay, enough is enough and we need to heal. So how do we start doing that? So we start having these conversations and we get to meet awesome people like yourself and we thank you so much. Oh yeah. It's, it's so cool. Timmy, what else, what else, before we get to the lightning round, what else, what else do you want to cover? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I um, just again, pretty much just what you said. Well, just thank you. Uh, I think we try to, you know, again, talk to a, um, an array of different people and and just allow for I think being open to everything that if you need if you're in a place where you're suffering, um, you know, just to be open to everything, whether you think Reiki is a little too woo for you. But if 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 maybe medication and psychotherapy or whatever isn't working. Mm-hmm try Reiki. It's there. There's, there's, there's different modalities out there that um, may not be talked about enough or may not be covered under insurance, but they are available. And, you know, there's, there's truth behind them, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, if, if Allison, if you have anything that you want to add, anything that you want to tell our listeners or anything that you just think that you may want to get out there in the universe before we start the, the lightning Yeah, I just would say just to take the first step. And I, what I, the one thing that just popped in is no, no is a complete sentence. And, and that is a big self-care thing for me, right? That's a big boundary for me. And um, I just felt like I needed to say that because that didn't come up at all before, but um, to care for yourself, like you were saying the mask, it's there, there it is to just care for yourself because you won't regret it and you won't go backwards. You're only going to go forward. Nice. I like that. You won't go backwards. You only go forwards. And that's true. And I, unfortunately in this culture we live in, I think sometimes people deem self-care as uh, you know, as a, as a negative thing, like, you know, you don't care or you, but it, you know, as you said earlier, the better care you give yourself, the better care you can give to your clients. And right. That's where, that's where it's at. And for other people, it may not be their clients and maybe their family well, or their co right. right? their coworkers. And that the more, the, the healthier you can be for yourself and help we can, de- you can define, everybody's going to define that differently. The health, the, the better healthier you will be for your loved ones and your friends and your coworkers and, 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 the, and the world really. Yes. Um, <laughs> No, truthfully, that's a good, Mm -hmm. yeah, well said for sure. So with that said, um, do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? Oh, my least favorite word is the C word. Okay. (laughs) Hate that word. Rightfully rightfully so. I get it. Although if you were in England or what, have you you watched... um, (laughs) Have you, uh, the Ricky Gervais show afterlife at all on Netflix? No. Okay. No. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want to like, you wouldn't want to watch that show then. Cause that word is used a lot. It's amazing what different cultures are yeah. willing to say and that don't offend people. Yep. How about a, uh, a favorite word? Do you have a favorite word? Happiness. That's what just popped in for me. Happy. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Wow. Happiness. I I've, this is kind of an improv question. I I've changed this over the year, over the last couple of years, because a lot of people, 
I, I just sometimes things pop up and I'm more interested. I, I this is kind of a two parter. We're going to extend this a little bit. I do want to know if you have a spirit animal. A spirit animal. So I saw a shaman and mine is, and I have a picture of it over here, is a um, hummingbird. Wow. You yeah. saw, a, saw shaman. a shaman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. you've done the, you've done some deep work there. Yeah, I have. I have. Where was that? At, where was? Um, down, uh, downstate, just a tiny bit. I'm trying to think in Saugerties, in the Saugerties area. Yep. Oh, wow. Very cool. Maybe when we, before we, when we close up shop, maybe we can exchange that because I'd be interested in that. But my question, my real question is what is your definition of attunement? So attunement makes me think of Reiki um, and being attuned. So connected to, um, and in this instance for, for Reiki, like connected to and attuned to the symbols that we use during when you practice a Reiki session. Um, so to me, it's being connected to. Excellent. Now awesome. the symbols, Thank you. is that- Yeah, I was just gonna ask that. Is there specific symbols that, that you can talk about? Um, so the symbols you learn when you get the training, if you Google it, you'll find them. But technically, when it was originally passed down, only the people who were trained could see the symbols and use the symbols and write out the symbols and all of that. They're used during the trainings. Um, when you're, when you learn how to use, uh, uh, you learn how you learn Reiki, you, um, you draw the symbols in your hand after I don't, I no longer do that. It's really, I believe. And I also learned this from my teacher that it's not necessarily needed to draw, but it does feel when you're first learning, like you actually can feel the energy differently. A lot of it is also intention, what your intention is when you're going into it. Um, so, but that's what there are, there are several symbols, um, and Reiki one. And when you learn Reiki two when certified Reiki two, you learn three symbols. And then in Reiki three, there's an additional symbol. And then as a master teacher training, there's ones that you learn in order to do the attunements um, for the students. Excellent. Wow. That's excellent. Never knew that. Yeah. Never knew that. So if there was something that you would like to see done or that you could do for mental health as a whole without any kind of restraint, what would it be? Wow. That's a big one. And it's a really good one. I just feel that I say to have services to everybody without there being any sort of fee or just, I just feel like, and, and I'll say this and to have it not just be traditional, right? Cause you were, I think somebody said this earlier, right? Insurance only pays for, to see it, uh, a psychotherapist, right? Like th- that's really what, and maybe acupuncture, you're lucky depending on the insurance you have. But other than that, and so I feel like people, not, not everybody fits into that peg. <laughs> and so to be, have access first, my first choice would be access at no fee to all that, because if there was no fee, there would be a lot more, it would be a lot better for everybody. Um, but it just access in general to, even if insurance, even if you had to pay a copay to see somebody. And I'm not saying this just because that's what I do. And I'd love to take people with insurance. I'm just saying that just because I truly believe 
that it, it should be a little bit more than our traditional um, healthcare system. Yeah, in the time of, and I hate to say it, but in the time of COVID, because this is, I, obviously we are not going back. This is ushered in a new, a new, you know, paradigm of what, of what we're going to live with. Access is an issue. And, and even if you're trying to find a therapist right now, it's very hard to get phone calls mm-hmm. back and people are so mandated. <laughs> so, I, and I, that kind of goes back to a deeper question as to is, is the education system necessarily working as far as getting enough therapists out there? And is, you know, I mean, I know that there's a lot in, in depth stuff that goes with this, but there are definitely different professional people out there like peers and like yourself that, that can help. So I do believe that I think a lot of it is that we stay, we keep the system the way it is because of lobbying and because of the pharmaceutical companies and because of all that stuff. So like you, you could get a, we could go down the rabbit hole of that yeah. any day, anytime. Yeah. Wow. I think the, I, I think the, the, the good word is the traditional is what Allison used. I think that really kind of uh, encompasses the whole thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's, it's outdated, you know, and you know, we're, we're, we're so up to date on technology and, and we want to, you know, make this better and do it. But like, there's certain staples that we should be more focused on trying to update. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. I think we've taken the personality out of a lot of things. We've taken the personal, the personalism out of it to make it, you know, to make it a, a I don't know. Uh, sorry. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got some edit. I got some editing to do. Uh, <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us. It's been amazing to meet you, and I can feel the energy through my screen. I'm like, I get a little goosebumpy. Yeah, thank you so much. I thank you both. I it's been wonderful. I love your podcast, and I love. I love the time we spent together today. So awesome. Thank you. thank you. Can you hold out thank for you. hang out for one second? Awesome. Wow. Timmy, yet another awesome. great conversation, man. It's amazing. Yes. The people we get to meet and interact with, man, isn't it? There's some, there's some, uh, some goodies in this one for sure, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, people should reach out and check out Allison for sure. Yeah. Allison And she is right here in the 518. So if you're listening on Nipper Town or if you've, you know, seen it on Facebook or whatever, please, please check her out. Please access follow this type of medias. Yeah. Follow her on social media. And, and even if it's not Allison, do a little bit of your own energy work, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be Reiki. It could be acupuncture. It can be Qigong. It can be yoga. All of this is energy. We are all energy and if we actually opened ourselves up to those, to those frequencies, the world would be a better place. So don't forget, follow us on all the socials and you can buy us a coffee now uh, if you like the show and support. And you can follow us on Nipper Town and all the uh, places that we pause. So until next week, be well. Be safe. Be above. Bah.